0: we're looking at building a church where young people thrive. Building a church where young people thrive. I think when we think about building a church where young people thrive, I think this is what we think about. We think about opening up a Friday night meeting, starting a youth group, have a little bit of budget for hot dogs and coke, right? Maybe put on the smoke machine And a bit of haze in the house, LED lights, thumping music, and a radical guy with you know like like skinny jeans and holes in his jeans. He's going to be the leader. And a four-way. We've taken care of young people in our church. That's how we're going to do it. But it's it's much more than that. I'm going to read a really interesting uh, stat that I found on on a scientific paper called The Ratio of Revolution. The Ratio of Revolution. What the scientific paper did is they, they looked at a couple of revolutions in the 20th century, 21st century, either in Egypt or China or in America, across different places, and they looked at a couple of revolutions or people who led revolutions or kind of stirred up everybody to rise against whoever was, the man, the government, or whatever they were under, and they looked at what was that age group in this core age group of these people, and they weren't necessarily looking at the leaders, they were looking at who made up the majority of the people that helped lead the revolution, you're not going to believe it. The average age, the core group of these people in the scientific paper was between the ages of 15 and 29. That's significant. That is really significant. In fact, if you, if you look at the, the average age of our world, it's way under 30, specifically in South Africa. The average age of a South African is 26.5 years of age. It's really significant that. And and when you begin to think about that, you you realize that people who cause change, cause change in their. And their area of kind of influence were really young age. And we have to say, well, no matter, that's why God called Samuel. That's why God called Esther. That's, that's why God called Daniel, David, Timothy. He called these people because it's in the young people that we see radical change for place. And we're thinking, hey, if someone has God inside of them, we'll see incredible movements of the church when we activate young people in church. And I think we, we have to start recognizing how do we do that? How do we go about building a, young, building a church where young people thrive? Well, this is the first point. The first point is this. Build a church not for young people, but with young people. Build a church not for young people, but with young people. You see, when we're thinking about just building a church for young people, this is what we think. We think, you know, play Justin Bieber music, have everything, you know, all place, the dimmed lights, everything. That's how we think about it. But when we say with young people, it's completely different. That means our leadership team looks young. That means if we want to reach young people, half our team, if we're talking about a South African context tonight, has to be the people, the average person we're trying to reach, so how do we do that? How do we raise leaders? Well, there has to be an understanding that the, the leadership pipeline has to start really, really young. And what I mean is it's not a, a young married guy with two kids holding a stable job. I'm talking about in kids' ministry, we, talk, we start talking about leadership. I'm talking about in, in kids' ministry with, people, with kids leading other kids like grade sevens leading small groups, talking and helping them disciple like grade fours and fives. It's talking about leadership teams in the youth group. I mean, if youth groups been led by a whole bunch of older people, it needs to start being the makeup of the people they're trying to reach. Why can't 13-year-olds lead small groups? Why can't 14-year-olds preach? Why can't 15-year-olds have this global mission inside of them to reach the world? You see, we have to think, not how do we build a church for young people, but how do we build a church with young people? There's another couple of things. My Siri just went off. This is a problem with young people, right? Um, second one is this, is that we need to start thinking, how can we bring young leaders into our leadership forums? When we talk about how we're governing and how we reach reaching the world, how do we get young people's perspective in that? I mean, I I, I remember the first elders meeting I went to, I didn't do much. I I just sat in the chair at the back and just observed. And that's how we start. We just start bringing young people into those areas of influence and leadership from a very young age so that they catch the heart of how do we reach this community? How do we reach people with the gospel? Second one is this. You celebrate what you create, You celebrate what you create. And so if we're constantly celebrating young leaders coming through, young people doing incredible exploits for God, we'll start to see a culture generate in our church. And what I mean by that is I don't just mean celebrate corporately. I also mean celebrate individually. What we have to understand is about the Generation Z and the Millennials, that they are the most um, anti-trusting generations. I'll tell you why. Because they've been marketed to the most. And so they might see the clapping, they might see the applause, but what will speak to them incredibly is just an individual text to them or side conversation said, I saw what you did, that was incredible. There needs to be a celebration corporately and a celebration individually because what you celebrate, you create. The next one is this, handing over responsibility as early as possible to young people. Handing over responsibility as early as possible to young people. I remember this. I was leading a kids ministry. It was at one of our sites. And I saw this kid come in every single, and he was just super early because his parents were doing something else. And so just handing over some, something as simple as, hey, do you know what? Every single Sunday, you're going to turn on the lights. You're going to make sure that this is a great atmosphere, and you've got music playing. Just handing over a small responsibility and then eventually handing over something a bit bigger, a bit bigger, and we'll start to see young people grab responsibility. Because if responsibility helps people grow into incredible leaders. And so from a young age, you're just handing over small bits of responsibility and then big and bigger until you eventually hand over a group of people and say, hey, these people are your responsibility. Next one is this. Get young people's ideas and perspectives. I want to look at asking questions for a moment. I'm amazed that, that Jesus asked almost 300 questions. He asked over 300 questions. He was asked about over 150, and he only answered three. It's an incredible stat. And I think it's because something about asking people question, questions helped them not what to think, but how to think about leadership. And so he asked people questions. In fact, there's a great leadership book it's called the art of asking and it talks about all great people who st- who built teams around them all that they did was ask questions and even when someone asked them a question they would answer ask a question back so how do we ask questions how do we get young people into our space we ask them a question so what did you think of that how do you reach your school how do we reach the suburb how do you reach your friend How do you think you could do that? And what it helps is it also helps them understand that actual fact, this leader that's in my space appreciates my perspective, appreciates what I thought through. But as a leader yourself, it helps you understand where they're at. Maybe they're a bit short on how they think about culture and values at the moment. Maybe they're a bit short in their theology. But you can only find that out when you ask questions. And Jesus continually asks questions. When we ask questions the whole time, it raises up leaders and doesn't teach them what to think, but how to think, which is far more critical when it comes to leadership. The next one is this, on how do we raise up leaders. We have to, young leaders, we have to explain the why. Have to explain the why. And I'll tell you this, millennials and Gen Z are probably the most... Feely generation, right? They are they are feeling, and if something they can't see the big picture, they can't see why we're we doing this, they book out really quickly. So it's not what we're doing or how we're doing it, but why we're we doing it. Some people say that the younger generation is the most causal generation, it's not, they just want to do something bigger. Than what they feel they can do. They want to be fighting for something bigger. They want to be fighting for something global. And so showing the why constantly. You are doing this. You are leading these people. You are turning on that thing because there are lost people that need to know about Jesus. You keep pointing back to the why. The why motivates. The why stirs up. And so constantly we have to be thinking, how can we show the Why? Next one is this, how do we build a church not just for young people, but with young people? Get them thinking global quickly. Get them thinking past this suburb, past this region. Get them thinking the world. The mission, the world needs to hear about Jesus. Constantly, all the time, this is not just something we're doing here. Actually, how does this connect with the global church? And so we have to start getting young people thinking very quickly about the globe. Next one is this, raise, uh, uh, raise leaders early. Next one is this, communicate at every meeting with young people. Communicate at every meeting with young people. So it's just practical things, like who's on your stage? If you're looking every Sunday, that who's on your stage? Is it an older person? Is it, is it only old people? Is it only people who are past the, like the average age in your region? Then... Then, who else needs to be on that stage, thinking through who 's m saying who 's sharing a word, and so the people might not have the greatest gifting with young people, but if there 's someone there who has incredible character and you know there 's something got inside of them, risk with them, risk with them risk with risk with their gift, but not with their character, and so get young people on stage as quickly as possible. The next one is prayer meetings. Get everyone involved in prayer meetings. Young people, kids, everyone is, prayer meetings are great to bring through young people. Uh, Next one is this, mission trips. Just get as many people. It's not just the guy with the four by four. Maybe there's a student with a TAS that needs to go on mission, right? So next one is this, draw them in relationally. Draw them in relationally. Don't use them as a token card, but build relationships with young people. Here's another thing I'd, I want to talk about with how do we build church, not just for young people, but with young people, is that don't strive in building a cool atmosphere, strive in building a warm atmosphere. This is what I mean. This generation and young generations have access to probably the best productions. Anyone could put on with any budget. They see America's Got Talent. They're watching, like, Justin Bieber concerts and Nicki Minaj and all that. They, they've, they've seen the most incredible things. The one thing that they haven't seen is genuine community, genuine community. And so, although, I mean, I'm a media guy. I love all this stuff. We have to strive on not just building cool an atmosphere but a warm atmosphere. Are we building places where micro-community t- can take place? Are we getting young people involved because involvement equals belonging? Are we building these micro-communities where, where young people, everything they have, they have the technology, they've seen the slickest productions, but they don't have genuine community? And so thinking through, not just what your stage looks like, but also your foyer. Are there spaces for micro-communities to take place in order for people to have organic conversations? Because that's the one thing they don't have is genuine community. They've seen everything else. They've seen everything else. But I have to say this, if you completely neglect the other stuff, it also shows that you don't care, right, for younger generations. So find ways to make micro pockets of community. So that's looking at building a church not for young people, but with young people. The second one is this, how do we build a church where young people thrive? Don't communicate to young people, but communicate with young people. Don't communicate to young people, but communicate with young people young people. And I think there's a perception that a younger generation just wants short, shallow, feel-good messages. And I think it's a very, it's, it's a really bad perception that I think sometimes we have, and I found myself falling into this trap. In actual fact, young people want to know what's really going on. They want to know the deep theological things. They just want it to be explained simply. So they want those complex ideas They want those complex ideas, and they want the simplicity on the other side of complexity. Does that make sense? And so really going through, we're living in this young generation that's coming through is probably the most biblically illiterate generation, we have to admit. And so going down to really simplifying things, but not avoiding some of the more complex topics. Does that make sense? So it's explaining who the Israelites were. It's explaining the context or which we communicate in the Bible from. It's explaining what the Bible is. It's explaining things very, very simply. And people be saying, well, I can understand this. I can bring my friend that will understand. The, the next one is this, is that young people want to engage. They want to engage. And so I'm, I'm thinking a little bit through this, so I don't, don't state this or write this down, but I'm amazed at what's happening with podcasts in this young generation. It's absolutely amazing. There's a guy recently that's just been bought out by Spotify music platform to exclusively have his podcast on their platform for over 100 million dollars, right? And so what makes podcasts so amazing is that it's really badly done. I've watched this podcast, it's really badly done. It's just a couple of guys having a conversation but there's engagement. There's a live chat people can throw in questions. They're busy, busy all the time engaging where there's like this two-way conversation. See, at the moment, I think a lot of our communication is, is one way. It's, it's TV, it's radio, it's newspaper. That's one way. But all these incredible platforms that have come out are, are two-way conversations, and so young people don't just want to engage three days later. They want to engage now. They want to ask a question now. They want to know, hey, how is this relevant for my life now? How can I share it with a friend now? And so we have to find, the church has to find ways in which we can create engagements on different levels of not just preaching, but in leadership as well. So how, what do you think about this? How do we do this? And co- constantly finding platforms of engagement. Next one is this. They want to engage. Third one, be on their platform. Be on their platform. What I mean by this is that there's an extraordinary amount of time spent on all these incredible social media platforms. And so when you're not on that platform, they perceive it as, I don't really know if they get me. And so what I mean is... Don't try to create like eight different accounts with TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. But I am saying think through how we're going to engage with people online. The second thing about online is that people don't just want you to point to stuff, young people, but they want you to minister to them through those platforms. So in other words, we're not just constantly pointing to an event, but we're actually ministering to people through these platforms. So it's a great way to go to young people and say, hey, not only are we going to show you what's coming up in our church through these platforms, but we're going to minister to you through these platforms. It's a huge one. The last one is this. They want to follow a person, not an organization. See, because young generation is the most marketed generation to date, there is no other generation that's been marketed to most, they are very mistrusting of big organizations. So what you have to do is we have to say, you know what, you're going to follow a person, not an organization. And what I mean by this is you just take an organization, instead of being really slick and feeling like ultra-branded, there's a bit of ruggedness to it that makes them think this is authentic. And so what we have to know is how do we take what's happening online, how do we take what's happening online, and how do we follow a person, not just an organization? Last one is this. How do we build a church where young people thrive? Well, the first thing we do is build a church not for young people, but with young people. We communicate, we don't communicate to young people, but with uh, young people. Last one is this. Be an authentic, accessible leader to young people. And I want to end off with this, because I think one of the big things that we have to say, and I've said it over and over again, is because this is a generation that's just seen all the uh, marketed things that have happened, they are probably the most mistrusting generation. And so to see to see someone that's authentic, that's vulnerable, that vouches for them, means the world, it means the world. And so to be in a person's space, to know what's happening, to know what's happening in their world, will separate you from every other organization that thinks they have a solution to your problem. Young people want you in their space. They want you to be accessible and they want you to be authentic. And so stepping out from just, this is the organization, but stepping out and say, hey, how, what's happening in your life? How can we sort that out? How can, how can you be the leader that God has called you to be? I think will help us see a church where young people thrive.